listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 Podcast. I'm your host, Chuck Peters. I am here at the Etch Family Ministry Conference happening right now live in downtown Nashville, and there are hundreds multiple hundreds, a little over a thousand people that are gathered here who are influencers and leaders in kids and student ministry. And so as you hear noises and things happening in the background, that's because there are a lot of people buzzing around here at the Etch Conference. We'd invite you to find out more about Etch at etchconference.com and hope that you can join us here next October at the Music City Center. Well, this morning I am here with my new friend, an awesome guy named Randy Helms. Randy serves as the children's and family pastor at Mountain West Church in Stone Mountain, Georgia, where he oversees all things kids from birth to fifth grade and families. And Randy's heart is to see God move in the home. So as children's leaders, we know there's only so much influence that the church can have over the life of a child. And so we need to do a good job of having the influence we can and of equipping parents to disciple their own kids. And so, Randy, we're going to talk. Welcome, first of all. Thank you for being here. Awesome, Chuck. Thanks for letting me be here, man. This is fun. Man, we're so excited to have you here leading a breakout session or two. Two, yeah. At the Etch uh, Conference. Yep. And to sit and talk with us this morning on the podcast. So, man, we're thrilled to have a bit of your time. So, Awesome, man. Thank you. Hey, now, before we dive into this, we're going to talk about making them want to come back. Right. Right? Because one thing to get people to come to church the first time, Mm -hmm. the things that we do there can either pull them in or push them away, I would imagine, right? Yep. Yep. well, let's Absolutely. not get to that yet. Okay. Because first, <laughs> we want to get to know you a little bit. All so right. we want to get to know a little bit, you know, since we're a kids' ministry podcast, we want to know a little bit about little you. Little me. So little Rand. So first of all, starting off, when, when you were little, yep. did you have a nickname that your friends or family called you aside from Randy? <laughs> what did they call you? So I didn't actually have a nickname as a kid. I did have a nickname that hit around high school. And, and stuck through my high school years. Okay. And it was Range, R-A-N-J, Range. Range, yes. okay. Uh, I honestly don't know why. Uh, well, I remember how it happened. I don't know why it was Range, but it literally happened in the football locker room one afternoon, and, uh, and somebody else had a nickname, and I asked, hey, why is this person's nickname what it is? And one of the other players said, well, I don't know. Why do you ask, Range? And it just stuck, and, and, and it was just, I don't know. So Range was my only nickname right, in so life. If yeah. I slip into calling you Range, just forgive me. Yes, there you so, go. That's all okay. Right. <laughs> so all right, let me ask you another question about childhood. So on a, on a Saturday morning, Man, when I was little, and maybe for you too, there were there were kids TV on Saturday oh, morning. Man, I miss a, Saturday morning cartoons. It's on all the time man. now. Yeah. So back when you were young, whether it was Saturday or any other day, yeah. what was your favorite cartoon? What what would we find you watching? You could find me watching on any given Saturday my most favorite, which was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, you can't beat. Come on, man. TMNJ. You cannot. Or I and. No, TMNT. TMNT. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah. You that's can't right. beat them. You can't beat them. And uh, so, yeah, Ninja Turtles, and and you had, uh, gosh, man, some of the best cartoons ever with Transformers, and and uh, I don't know if you the remember Robots the, in you Disguise. Remember? Yeah, man. Yeah. And 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 uh, the Thundercats. Come on, man. Oh yeah. Thundercats. Oh, that's fun. Voltron. Yeah. This is like you know when it was He-Man. cool. And yeah, He-Man. all that stuff was there. Yeah, oh, yeah. man. Master of the Universe, He-Man. Of course, we know Jesus is, but He-Man was pretty awesome, right? Uh, yeah, and in all those cartoons, those that was that was my jam when I was a kid. Man, good it. stuff. Loved good stuff, it. Range. <laughs> See how I worked that in there? There you go. See, yeah. good job. All right, so then you found your way to kids' ministry somehow. Just, just a really 
short uh, uh, summary. Sure. Tell us just a little bit about how did you find yourself doing this? Sure, man. Well, I was, uh, my father-in-law pastors a church in, uh, I'm from Gadsden, Alabama, so an, about an hour north of Birmingham. My father-in-law pastors a church there in Gadsden, and that's where I got saved and, and where I, you know, I really cut my teeth in ministry. And then in 2011, God called us out, my wife and I, and we went down to Birmingham to mm. a church called Church of the Highlands. And uh, Church of the Highlands is known for the impact that they have on just uh, the church world and, and of course the world in general but uh, one of the things that they're really known for is, is producing leaders and they have a ministry school called Highlands College um, and I ended up going through Highlands College and through that process honestly was invited to serve in the kids ministry mm. at Highlands. Before this point I had zero intent to be in children's ministry. Uh, I'd always been a youth pastor or a worship pastor but sure. really Children's ministry was not on my mind, and uh, and it was a friend of mine mm. that invited me to serve in uh, in kids, and so I did. And man, through that process, just God broke my heart for the families, and fell in love with it. And God opened some incredible doors. And eight months into that process, we were interviewing at churches, and ended up moving to Austin, Texas, for four years. And now we're in Atlanta. So wow. here we are, children's ministry, and loving it. What a so. great story! I I'm coming to a point where I get so excited when I hear stories about kids ministry leaders investing in other people, mm. often younger people, sure. to, to, to bring them alongside and mentor someone up. And so many of us have stories about someone else who was already in kids ministry right. that said, hey, why don't, you, why don't you help out with this event? Or right. would you consider teaching this class? Yep. And it turns into a passion and a calling. Well, and it really does drive home how important it is that we have a culture of invite in ministry. And we're going to talk about that in the breakout today a little bit. But it's so important because as we tell our team members, you know, sometimes um, one of the biggest, one of the hardest tasks in children's ministry is quote unquote recruiting volunteers, which I don't like using that terminology, but trying to get people in to serve, right? Trying to and build your team. Trying to build the yes. teams, exactly. And and my philosophy is just based on what I've seen and what I've experienced is it's not just the job of the of the children's pastor or the person on staff to do that. Like when you create a culture and an environment that your team loves to be a part of and yes. when they fall in love with that, they will in turn do the same thing. You don't even have to ask them to do it. Yes. And I'm a result of that. So I, I'm constantly challenging our team who's that person in your circle that you know belongs in children's ministry that's mm -hmm. not here how do you get them in because you never know when that person is going to be the next children's pastor yes. that gives their life to the gospel you know and, and that's what happened for us I love the uh, Exodus 18. There's this story where Moses is in the desert and his father-in-law Jethro comes. Mm -hmm. Moses is judging among the people all day and yep. his father-in-law says, this isn't good. And he says, select from among the people. Yeah. Select from among the people those who can come alongside and work with yep. them. Trustworthy and, you know, uh, people who are capable and right. responsible and who are, uh, but that whole idea of selecting people yeah. is so intentional. So intentional. It's not, it's not getting up there. It's the opposite of getting up like too many of us unfortunately have done and saying, we just need any three people <laughs> right. to help us. We need three people in nursery, anybody right. at all. Right. And it's so different to seek mm -hmm. out someone and mm -hmm. say, I see something in you. Yes. That I think you have a gift that would that Absolutely. would fit well in our ministry. It's, it's gift-based ministry mm. versus needs-based ministry. Yes. If it's needs-based, then that means we have a need that we need to fulfill. Yes. And we're willing to put anybody and everybody we can in that role to fulfill the need. The problem with that is that you're really not helping people accomplish their dreams. Right. You're not helping people really find and seek out and, and walk in their calling. You're asking them to, to walk in your calling. Yes. And, and so when you shift that mentality... 
now it, it becomes a longer process because now you're building relationally mm-hmm. rather than building based out of necessity. And mm-hmm. it may mean that you have to figure out how to to run the nursery with fewer you know fewer volunteers for a little while. But but at the, in the long run, you're going to put the right people in the right place, and they're going to find their calling, and you're going to have healthier teams when it's all said and, and done. You have people who stay longer, Absolutely. who are more committed, more reliable, Absolutely. more trustworthy. Yes. 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 Love well, it. that's not even what we're talking no, about. No, it's today. not. So, but what a great <laughs> little conversation. So, what what we want to talk about? Um, the subject of one of the breakouts you're teaching here at Etch this week uh, is make them want to come back. Yes. So, uh, so that we ultimately want every child to meet Jesus, and our dream is to see all children respond to the gospel in our services. Mm-hmm. We should be focusing on creating memorable experiences that the family and children want to come back to. That's right. And so when families find something that draws them back each week, they stand a much better chance of getting plugged in and connected to the church and therefore to the Lord. Absolutely. And so you have some insights from your experience that you've pulled together. Yes. Uh, Now, uh, our podcast here is only uh, maybe 15 minutes of conversation that we'll have this morning, but you're leading an hour-long breakout on this. Right, right. And so, listeners, there's so much more depth you can go into. And we would love for you to to be here with us. If you're here today at the Edge Conference, I hope you're in one of Randy's sessions. Absolutely. But if you're not, come back next year and and get the in-depth experience and get face-to-face yes with uh with guys like randy uh and uh who, who you can ask questions to and interact with and so much more beyond just listening in That's so right but even even now with a few minutes that we have sure. let's talk about that so how do you uh, where do you begin uh, as you have people who, who show up and visit your church is it first-time visitors we're looking at or is it people who are sort of Kind of on the fringes. Who, as you talk about this idea of making them want to come back, who's the them? In the this? them, honestly, is everybody. Yeah. Um, however, I think that we all have to remember it, that as a as the church, as the church, the big C church, um, we have to create environments that are welcoming to our first time guests, to those people that have never stepped foot in our church before, that may have never stepped foot in a church. Period. Yes. We have to make sure. I think one of the biggest. Um, one of the, the biggest mistakes that we've made as the church over the years is we've created church for us, and mm. it's not for us. Mm. When If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ and you are a disciple of Jesus, mm. it's not about you anymore. And, you know, like you should be able to, to grow yourself and, and self-aid. And, yes, church is important, and we want to make sure that we're there, but we've got to give our lives to the gospel for that person that doesn't know Jesus, that's never been to church or never been to our church, and we've got to make sure that we create experiences and, and that they want to come back to. But it's not just them, it's everybody, you know, mm-hmm. because then if you just focus on those first-time guests, you can, in turn, lose. Your second some, and third and fourth time. Exactly, and yeah. some of those that, that call your church home. Yes. And so it's, it's really all about, you know, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, just kind of getting into it is, um, you know, we, we talk about that, one of the focuses that we make um, every uh, that we, we tend to make in our ministry is we want to put all the focus on just you know uh, quote unquote getting a kid saved right mm. and uh, and I think it's a mistake if that's all we focus on yeah. I think if all we focus on is creating that experience uh, as important as it is yes um, and there's a lot more we can go into you can talk about you know the heart and mind of a child and salvation and all of this there's a you can get into a big in depth conversation mm. that I have some opinions on but it's you know not for here um, but we we put so much 
of our, of our emphasis in that, that we fail to think about all of the other things that go into making this experience, you know, incredible. Uh, so a lot of what I uh, have learned and, and really based a lot of my, um, not theology, but my, uh, my approach to ministry mm. on uh, is through my experiences uh, is, is this, is the fact that uh, our job is to create experiences that kids and families want to come back to. Because like you just said, if we can get them to come back, yes. then that family stands a much better chance of getting plugged into the life of your church. Mm. And they become they become disciples. You don't create disciples with a one-time salvation experience. Yes. That doesn't happen. And if that's our goal, if it ends at that point it, of decision, exactly, then we're missing out on the whole of discipleship. Because that's the beginning of discipleship. Exactly. That's yes. only the starting point. You're exactly yes. right. So, so we want to make sure that we create an experience. So a lot of this is based on... The fact that really um, there was a study done back in the 90s and and an article published that that I quote in the breakout um, that where there actually have been four economies Mm -hmm. throughout the the history of the United States. And we're currently in that fourth economy. Uh, The first one was what's called the agrarian economy, which is based on farming, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, farming and materials produced on the farm. People produce themselves. The second one was the industrial economy, which products begin to be made uh, and I could go purchase a product. Then, uh, then we rolled into what was known as the service economy, which we still kind of live in, uh, which is all about what can I do for you or what can you do for me? What's the service that I can provide? And then somewhere along the late, you know, mid to late 90s or so, we shifted into what's called the, uh, the experience economy, which is now it's all about how does it make me feel? And so, uh, and I love it because uh, there's some great articles out there on this whole topic. Disney does some great stuff and some of the things they write. Um, talking about this but the idea is that we now live in a society where people want to to have an amazing experience and I and I I liken it to this how many restaurants do we go to where the food really is not that great but the environment is awesome and the experience is awesome we just spent four years in Austin Texas and there's a restaurant there called the Oasis and if anybody's ever been to that restaurant they know what I'm about to say the food there is not that great it's subpar Mm. but the experience is unbelievable there's no other restaurant that i've ever seen or been to that has the 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 feel and the environment and the experience that the oasis does and they know it so they don't worry about their food because they know they're attracting people because they have the best sunset in austin Mm -hmm. because of where they're located and so things like that the, the but here's the thing so we have to be so intentional about creating that experience that families want to come back to but it's it can't just be the experience either because right. we already have the product. Yes. You know, we already have the, the food per se, and it's the gospel. Yes. So God has already taken care of that for us and has given us the best product we can ever have. We get to, as human beings and as ministers of the gospel, we get to build the showcase for that product. Mm. And that's really what we're talking about today. And so... And so you have three focus areas yes. that mm-hmm. you talk through. So tell us about the first of the three focus areas. Uh, where, do, where do we begin? Well, the first one being where we, we spent just a little bit of time, so I won't dive into it much, but just the team. Uh, it really starts, it really begins and ends with your team because the truth is 
I can't do it by myself. That's right. One person can't do it uh, by themselves. You have to have healthy teams in place to be able to accomplish what God has called us to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, man, we'll break that down, and we'll talk through just, just how we do that and what that looks like. But, teams, your second, which is one of my – I love talking about this because it's really fun, is our environments, paying attention to our environment. So your team, that's your people, okay? Yes. Your environments is your space. Okay, where are you doing ministry? There's a um, – uh, there's a, 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 a well, well, kind of a terminology that I've heard uh, lately that really ministers to me is that excellence is not having the best. Excellence is doing the best with what you have. Yes. And so, or making the best out of what you have. So we can all mm. sit down around a table and talk about our facilities. And some of us are going to say, man, we have, we have children's facilities that rival Disney World. Some of us are going to say, hey, I'm meeting in trailers, and I'm trying to figure out how to just keep my children from falling through the floor. I mean, you're like, and I know that because I've been in those environments. Um, And so we can all come around the table and say, man, we come from different things. But here's the thing. It doesn't matter what your environment is. You still have the same responsibility and expectation to make that environment uh, inviting and excellent for for families. Mm. Um, and so, your and your environment is not just the room that the children are in. You've got to think about everything. Mm. What are the what are families experiencing when they first pull onto your parking lot? From the moment they pull into your parking lot, from the till they get out of the car and they walk in the building, what experience are they having? Mm. Because the statistics show that families are going to make their mind up before they ever walk in your door mm. as to whether or not they're coming back and and so what's happening on the other side of that door when they come in and they're now in your children's space what does that look like you know we talk about that your environments speak louder than words you know so use your environment to communicate your vision Mm -hmm. use your environment to communicate the heart behind your ministry and 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 i love to compare based on a personal experience uh that we had with the disney store i talk a lot about disney i guess because i have little (laughs) children right the Disney store versus the Toys R Us store. And, and it just so happened this one day we went in the Disney store. We didn't buy a thing, but we had this incredible experience. And, and, and I, I kind of break down all the details of what happened that day. But just everything about the Disney store experience was great. Didn't spend a penny. Walked down. We were at some sh- uh, sh- an outlet close to our uh, home in Texas. Walked down to the Toys R Us store, and it was the most horrible experience. Mm-hmm. Okay, And I realize I'm throwing like brand names out here. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's, okay. that's okay. I didn't think about that. So <laughs> if you work at either of these stores, I'm sorry. Um, and, but it was a bad experience. Okay, And so I used that in, our, in the breakout just to talk about the difference between the two and how your environment speaks so, speaks volumes okay mm. so we have to be intentional with our environments and make sure that we're doing that and then thirdly uh the last really is programming and the programming it, it, that's the nuts and bolts of your ministry yes. your systems your processes uh everything that goes into making your ministry run that's the programming so team environments and programming and when you're talking about programming the most important thing you can really talk about there is is make sure that your ministry is driven by core values. Mm. Make sure that there that you have a clear vision and mission in front of you. Uh, and and as a children's ministry, it's okay to dream. It's okay to say, man, what do we want our children's ministry to accomplish? But you have to make sure that your cho- your vision and your mission lines up with and supports the mission and vision of your church. Yes. What you cannot do is create your own world over here yes. and try to do ministry differently than the rest of the church is doing ministry. You can't do that. So team, environments, and programming. And it just simply breaking down those three areas really covers your entire 
your children's ministry, but again, you can apply it to the rest of your church as well. Yeah. Uh, and when you focus on those three areas and you really um, uh, you, 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 you accomplish what you need to accomplish in those three areas, then you're going to create that experience and that environment that kids and families want to come back to. Well, we've talked a little bit about, uh, about team mm-hmm. and the importance of uh, seeking out people who, who you believe would be a good fit. Right, not not just taking any warm body you can get, not begging for that, but but creating a, um, a ministry that is compelling, right? So that people who are in the church want to be a part of it, right? Uh, other tips for how you might what do you what do you look for in a good team member? Um, well, you know, it's especially in children's ministry. Children's ministry is interesting because. Uh, you know, it is a special place. You you literally cannot just put anybody up there. Mm. Um, you have but to. But too often we feel that we do. The, pool, the pool is small. We do. And there's not a whole lot to choose from. And so we have you're ex- to. You're exactly best practices right. require two adults in the you're room. You're exactly right. So, so here, here's how, what do you, I, how do you here's, see Here's out? what I say to that. Where do you and find I, the gold? Right. I have these conversations with people like this all the time with people. And it, this is based solely on experiences yeah. that I've had personally. Uh, going through seasons where we're going, man, our church is growing. We need more people in kids' ministry. We simply don't have them. There is nothing more effective that you can do than to pray. Petition mm. heaven, man. Go yeah. just fall on your face. In fact, we were having a, a staff meeting in our kids' ministry when we were in Texas one time, and we were just all lamenting over the fact that we needed more people. And and you know how it is. You, it gets to the point sometimes, if you're not careful, that even your, your teams will begin to come to you and go, can the pastor just say something from the stage and try to get more people to serve in kids and the answer to that for me was always no we're not that's not how we're going to grow our teams because we want healthy teams not desperate teams yes and so we were having a meeting one day in our children's ministry and our among our staff and there were five of us in the room and everybody was just kind of like we need more people and it became very you know so I, I just shut it down I said hey, guys stop just stop and let's just pray and let's just go to like and during this whole time not one time have we said hey god what can you do and we just went to the Lord and just fell on our face before the Lord and prayed and said, God, you know the people. So here's the thing is that God has already put it in someone's heart. All we have to do is ask him for mm-hmm. that. And and we did. And I'm telling you, Chuck, like amazing at how, how God responded to that. Yes. People came out of the woodworks to come serving kids. And I would love to tell you that we filled every hole and all of that. We didn't, but we saw people. It, it was amazing. Yeah. So just We had never seen that before. So you definitely want to pray. Okay, and, and seek God because God has already called those people. Um, but you also need to have an understanding of, of what your ministry looks like. It's, it's not a bad thing to create positions and job descriptions for those areas in your ministry and create an environment that everyone belongs. Now, when I say that, like we tend to create a ministry around our personality. And in turn, we inadvertently, um, sometimes we, sh- we push people away because they're not just like us. Okay. Yeah. We want to create an, an environment in our ministry that, it, that really welcomes every personality type. Uh, and so you create positions and opportunities within your children's ministry for the person who is quiet, that's probably never going to get on stage and never going to pray uh, out loud or is never going to teach a lesson but they're going to be your best small group leader, you know, or the person that is full of energy and is just super bubbly and loves what they do and loves families. Those are the people you want outside at your door greeting or, or, you know, welcoming people or whatever your, your detail oriented people. You want those running your check-in area. You want them really kind of handling the data collection and creating that environment out front that, that's welcoming. So there's, you know, cr- look at your, the structure of your ministry and figure out how you can create space for everybody. But here's the key to all of that. 
you cannot compromise safety. Mm. So what that means is you can't just say anybody and everybody come on. Yes. Like you you got to have background checks in yes. place. You've got to so you still have to be very intentional. And that's why children's ministry is so tough because it's 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 not just in anybody. Anybody can go stand, and, and, and I, I hate to sound, I don't want this to sound uh, negative in any way, but anybody can stand at a door and greet someone walking into the sanctuary. You know, it doesn't take a lot of, it really, you're, you're standing, you're kind of, you know, smiling and handing Be out friendly. A, yeah, you're handing yeah. out a worship guide or something. Anybody really can do that. But it's a totally different ballgame when you get into something like children's mm-hmm. ministry or youth ministry for that general, uh, for that for that fact. So, yeah, so create those roles. Pay attention to all those. Be intentional. Pray about it absolutely is the most important thing you can do. But don't compromise safety. Make mm-hmm. sure that, that you're not just allowing, you know, just any random person in there. Make sure you're intentional who they are. I wanted to circle back to that one of your three focus areas because so much of what draws us to come back to a place, yes, our environments, yes, we need to do the best we can with what we have. And I love that you said, you know, use, do the best with what you have because yeah. we can get so hung up on what we don't have Absolutely. and wish we had more, wish we had different. But that's not an excuse, right? right? But our environment is what it is, but make the most of it. Yeah. Our programming, we need to be intentional and strategic. We need to be teaching trustworthy content. We need to be elevating the gospel and God's word, not just entertaining. Right. Uh, but so much of that experience comes from interacting with people. Right. And the culture that you can create with your team has to be one of the biggest things you can do. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's just that comes from casting vision. That comes from, I think, Andy Stanley, um, one of his, his quotes, and I'm probably going to butcher it, but basically is uh, when you feel like that you've, if you say it one more time, you're going to puke, then you have only just begun. Like mm. vision has to be something that just is something that you say as a leader over and over and mm. over and over again. And, and listen, I sit here bef- like I'm in a new season of my life where I just, I just came out of a season where I learned all of this, okay, and, and put a lot of it to work as I was learning it. Uh, but now in a season where I'm at a smaller church, it's a smaller environment, and now I'm having to put all this stuff you know, to practice, there's a lot of these things that I'm talking about going like, okay, yeah, we need to be doing better at this, you know? Yes. And that's part of it is, but when you, when you really create that culture and, and your people buy into it, you don't have to twist their arms. Like they're going to be the most welcoming and friendly people because they love it and they get it. Okay. Mm. So. Yep. Great. Well, thank you, Randy. Man, we so appreciate your time and your insights on this. Make them want to come back. Create those environments, uh, guys, that experience through your team, through your uh, environment, uh, and through your programming uh, to draw people to feel at home, to feel comfortable, and uh, and to want to come back. That's it. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Ranch. We appreciate having you here, (laughs) and we'll see you again next time. Listeners, thank you so much for listening to the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. We'll be back again soon with another episode, and we'd love to have you tune in as we seek to inform, instruct, and inspire you as you serve the churches and kids in your ministry.